guys, Montel here, and look, let me tell you, thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel, where we try our best to make sure we bring you all the information we can to help you navigate this really daunting space out here, especially when you're going into dispensaries trying to make good decisions for you and your family. And, you know, I'm coming to you today from Southern Florida, and, you know, this is the weekend of the Super Bowl, and we happen to be at a really, really, really special event, which is an event that has been, it's a pop-up CBD event. That's produced by a company called LeafStyle. Joining me today to talk about LeafStyle and what it's all about is its co-founder and attorney and entrepreneur, Juma Gore. Thanks so much, Juma, for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, let me make sure our listeners know we are outside at an event. And every now and then you're going to hear a plane or two go by, but I'm going to try our best to make sure that it's not so loud that it blows us out the door. Um, You know, LeafStyle, man, what is LeafStyle all about? LeafStyle is about education. At the core of what we do is we connect the community, the cannabis community, through education. Our belief is that an educated community is a powerful community. And an informed and educated community could direct the cannabis industry instead of simply being directed by it. Gotcha. Well, you know, I have stated all along and I'm really, really... And I find it right now the most important aspect of this entire burgeoning industry is education, education, education. We've been spending so much time, you know, trying to do B2B education where people are trying to see how much money they can make, forgetting the fact that the consumer has to make the discerning decision as to whether or not they even want to step into this marketplace. And so I applaud you in trying to make sure that we, we get some information out there to the public and to the consumer about choices that they can make. Mm-hmm. And when they're trying to figure out whether or not this is a, you know, avenue that they want to venture down with themselves or their family. Um, let's back up for a second. Sure. Where, where, where did you come from? What's your background before getting involved in cannabis? Um, before getting involved in cannabis, I've been involved in cannabis for a long time. Personally. <laughs> Personally. Gotcha. As a consumer. Um, but prior to starting LeafStyle, I was my attorney. I'm an IP attorney. So. Right. My focus is trademarks. I'm also an entrepreneur. I'm an owner of my own law firm. Um, I'm a global citizen. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a sociologist by training as well. Okay, so how long has LeafStyle been in existence? Uh, we're looking at close to six months now. Okay. Right? Um, this is our fifth event. But where, ch- where were you two years ago? Two years ago, I was in Miami mm-hmm. working with my wife as a partner in my law firm. Um, and today I find myself co-founder of Lista. But, you know, okay, you're, you're in a law firm and Mm -hmm. you're sitting around in your office two years ago and you're thinking, Hmm, this whole cannabis thing is starting to take off. I think I'm going to get involved. I mean, how, why, why, what, what, what prompted you? Absolutely. So the gist of it is friends of mine, uh, consumers, people that were interested in the industry, we see where the industry was going. And we wanted to be involved. Simply put, we thought that we can uh, bring something to the table as well. And one of the things we found, we thought about starting a product like many people do, a beverage, maybe a food product, a supplement, something. Um, But we found that the more we researched, the more we didn't know ourselves. And so we started connecting a community around that education. So each event for us is also educational. And that's very important. And how many events have you put on today? Um, five. 
five. This being number five or number six? Six, I believe. This is number six? Yes. And and let's talk about what are the events. Okay. What do you do? Sure. So the core basis of our events is bringing people together around education, community, food, uh, and good vibes. And we believe that combination is a win-win. When you get in those situations and people feel comfortable in a safe space where they can openly sort of discuss their relationship with cannabis, we found it to be amazing. Some of the stories we hear, uh, these stories bring laughter, they bring tears, they bring silence. Mm -hmm. And it's been very powerful. And that's something we didn't know until we started connecting with the community. And that's really been the value. Mm -hmm. So like today's event, let's talk about what's Mm -hmm. going on here today. What's happening? Sure. Today's event, this is... Uh, Super Bowl weekend. Um, so what we tried to do is focus on something related to the NFL, um, specifically sort of their relationship with cannabis, um, their punitive ways with pe- cannabis, mm-hmm. and more importantly, the athletes and how they um, are able to access their medical needs. Uh, well, I mean, you notice it's really kind of interesting how, you know, the NFL and the NBA mm-hmm. literally have probably the toughest stand on cannabis when it comes to professional sports, whereas the national, the hockey league, internationally hockey, internationally baseball, baseball is literally lifted, taking cannabis off of their list of, of substances that they even test for. Right. Don't you find it a little interesting that, you know, the two most predominantly African-American leagues are the ones that literally have the most stringent rules against cannabis and have literally taken some of the toughest stands Again, I know one of the guests today, we'll be talking to him later on today, sure. is uh, Ricky Williams. But, you know, this is an industry or a, 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 a professional sports organization that's literally taken its toughest stance against cannabis when we know that now contact sports are probably the sports that need cannabis the most. Yeah. And I find that to be quite interesting because just to piggyback on what you just said, is NFL such a contact sport of that nature is the one that probably some of these players could use uh, the benefits of cannabis the most. And it's, it's, it's ironic that that is the, probably the professional sports league in North America that is the most stringent uh, and the most punitive against their players. Yeah, which, which is really kind of just bizarre to me. But let's go back yeah. to today's event. So, okay, so you're, you're NFL-focused in a sense, talking about contact sports. But what else is going to go on today? Well, and, and, and we're focused about the NFL, but that's just really a case study. We really believe this is the the worker, the average employee, whether they're at a retail store or um, they're a local bakery. They may deal with the same issue. NFL is just one example of the way employers interact with employees that may want to medicate, may want to consume cannabis. Um, So what we want to bring out is the stories, the stories. And I think more of those stories are shared We'll start removing the stigma and we'll start to see more growth in, uh, in some uh, other industries and the acceptance of cannabis. Sure. But now what's going on today? Again, you have a, you have a chef here also. Absolutely. Right, so let's talk about today's event. Okay. Let's, let's walk through the today's event. Um, initially, we're going to start with a mingling interaction where you can have infused uh, cocktails are available. Uh, Infused with CBD? Absolutely. Okay. Um, And you also have a massage uh, area where there's going to be a professional masseuse um, relaxing, giving the body a little workout, um, relieving that pain and anxiety. And that's going to be also using CBD infused uh, products. 
We're going to have a demonstration uh, on the second floor of some of the latest technology around uh, cannabinoids and cannabis use. Uh, we're going to have a culinary uh, event that's going to take place throughout the day. And these are going to be infused meals uh, prepared. Infused again with CBD. With CBD, absolutely. Infused meals with CBD. And we're going to have Chef Camilo Quartas. We're going to have Angie Willoughby. And we're going to have Natalie Barragan. Uh, and they're going to provide these culinary treats for each of us can maybe uh, get an experience for the first time for many dealing with infused CBD products. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, but, but uh, for those who, who get an opportunity to consume today for the first time, I know the milligrams is around 25 or less milligrams, not a lot of CBD. So therefore, people should not expect to get a ooh, feeling on it. We do know that CBD is something that actually has to build up in the endocannabinoid system for you to actually be affected by it. Absolutely. And that's not our our goal here today. We're not trying to uh, give people their proper dosage, meaning uh, everyone has their own needs, right? right? We're just trying to introduce people to uh, a, a way of cooking, a way of cooking with CBD that may could be useful if they haven't thought about it, if they don't really know uh, sort of how it's done properly. We're giving them that introduction today, and that's part of the education. Yeah, an opportunity for people to learn themselves exactly. so that when they go home, they, if they choose to cook with CBD or use CBD and cook products, exactly. they can understand how to, how to process and do that. What kind of people, who, kind of, who attends these events? That's really the beauty of our events. We claim that we have the most diverse group in all of Miami, and this is why, because cannabis is a diverse group. Cannabis, people that are interested. Oh, so I'm sorry, I mean, I'm interrupting you. There's one of those planes that I talk about. We are outside in southern Florida, and we're close to the Miami airport. So, you know, it's going to go every now and then. You're going to hear a jet aircraft go by, so don't tune out. We'll be right back and make sure that you can you hear us. Go ahead, finish that. It's a diverse group. Sure, sure. It's a very diverse group. And it's diverse because the, the community of cannabis consumers and people that are interested in cannabis is diverse. So we have the lawyers, doctors, parents, <laughs> students, athletes, chefs, uh, artists, musicians, because this is who the cannabis community really is. And so what we try to do is, again, through that education, connecting that community. And when you look to your left and look to your right and see very successful people in all trades, it starts to attack the stigma around cannabis and cannabis users. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, what, what is the objective of LeafStop? What, what, what do you want to do over the course of, let's say, this next year? What, what, what's your vision for what you would consider success for LeafStop? Success for us is continuing to grow this community, continually to connect with the community. LeafStop is only as good as the contributions of our community. So many people have come to an event. They have enjoyed the event. And they continue to assist us, right? And that has been extremely valuable. Professionals in all areas donate their time, their expertise, their know-how to continue to allow us to do what we do, to grow, to educate, to allow the community to come together in one place, network, good vibes, remove the stigma, safe space, and we can converse and talk about cannabis. Okay. And I mean, now, you know, you look at what's going on here in in the state of Florida, you know, Florida is in the process right now of trying to figure out whether or not it wants to become an adult use or what we call a recreational use state. How do you think that's going to flow? Or how, do, you, do you intend to try to impact that through your events? Well, 
I, I will say this clearly that Lee Style is, is for the legalization of cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. That can come in different legal forms and different legislation. But we are definitely for the legalization of cannabis. Legalization of adult use, legalization of, do- of medical use. Uh, legalization of adult use and medical use. Mm-hmm. Well, you already are a medical yes, use. Yes, of course. Of right. course. Um, so I, I think adult use is something that is in the near future. We hope for 2020. That looks a little doubtful at this point, but mm-hmm. I'm not certain. Okay. So we're always hopeful. But yes, I, I, I would say that Leaf Style is definitely uh, adult use, pro adult use. Okay. What, what do you think some of the biggest challenges have been for the cannabis movement in the state of Florida? Some of the biggest challenges for the cannabis movement, I think, is sort of the education. And that's why I think the void we saw. Um, there's a lot of people that sort of rush to market in different products and different things. It's, it's really a uh, exciting time, actually, you know, and business wise, you see a lot of things come on the market. Um, but at the same time, it's something you mentioned earlier is if the end user is not fully comfortable yet uh, exploring these different offerings, then it's going to be a problem selling those those different offerings. And I think that's what we come in. I think that's what other people in this space, if you're educating people about their product, and the different services you offer, I think that's a great way to grow sort of um, the educated community and also your business. You know, I mean, I think the, the consumer, I think that's been probably one of the biggest drawbacks to this industry is that, again, we've got an industry that jumped out here trying its best to make as much money as it can for themselves and forgot and left the patient on the battlefield. And especially in a state like this where, you know, you know, adult use seems to be transferring into or trans. Uh, forming into 18 to 34, where you have a state here that has the largest, uh, I think, percentage and demographic of baby boomers um, of any state in America. And we seem to be ignoring the baby boomer down here. Why? I, I, I think it's a, a base that probably uh, is the largest in the state of Florida. And it's, uh, I think it's an incredible space to step into. But I think really what happens is a lot of people are looking at the in revenue, the dollar. Um, and sometimes they're not focused on sort of the long view and educating the community takes time. Right. And I think educating even that that population, as you said, the baby baby boomers takes time. It's not an instant sale. You have to remove the stigma. You have to say, hey, this is how these different products can be beneficial. And I think that over time, with that education, you then will see these services and products being available and they're actually looking for them. Well, I mean, I, mean, I think it's really very short-sighted on the part of the people in the industry to not recognize that the demographic in America with the highest disposable income right now in this time, day and age, is the baby boomer. Yeah. And, you know, to try to market towards people who have no money, you know, and that's the 18 to 34, you know, which really is is as the least affluent demographic in this country is a mistake. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a mistake. But you also got to understand that from my perspective, these business owners are also part of our society. They've been socialized in the way we think about cannabis users as well. So their initial belief is, oh, this is a younger, this is the stoner. This and is people the- don't understand. Look, you look at Israel. Israel made cannabis a geriatric drug almost 10 years ago. You turn 70, you can walk up to, you know, any hospital that actually supplies them. They have three or four hospitals down there now. It's probably expanded since I've been there that offer cannabis to people over the age of 70 because they recognize how 
easily cannabis use is or how easily cannabis use helps to take people off of, you know, multiple, multiple prescription drugs as they get older in life. Sure, sure. But when you also think about sort of the history of demonizing the plant in the United States, the baby boomers generation was target number one. But they were also the biggest consumers. Yeah, exactly. So now baby boomers have now hit an age where as consumers and as a demographic to purchase, they're also in Congress. They're also in the Senate. They're also the ones that are actually writing the legislation to change the laws. So for us to ignore the baby boomers just seems to be as ridiculous as I, I you know, I'm a baby boomer. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm post baby boomer. I'm, I'm, uh, my, my siblings are the baby boomers. I'm four, five years out of that, that group technically. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, this is the biggest demographic of consumers in the country because we were the ones consuming 25 years ago. Long before it was even Vogue. Right, right. It sounds like uh, a direct business strategy you have here (laughs) to to, to target this uh, group that is, is being left out in ways. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to know how to become a social media influencer, how to grow an online business, how to make money from your laptop and build a profitable online company? Well, I'm going to show you how in my podcast, Living the Red Life. I built a million-dollar company at the age of 25, a $10 million company at the age of 30, and now I'm the A-list celebrity marketer that speaks around the world on how to transform businesses and make them profitable using Facebook ads, marketing, social media. My name is Rudy Moore, and I'm super pumped to bring you my podcast, Living the Red Life. I know this is going to become your new favorite podcast, and I'm going to show you how to grow a profitable online company step-by-step every single week. I think, you know, how do you think you bring more attention to this among the B2B group Mm. in this country? Because I think that's the one what they don't understand is that this is the demographic that's actually in position to change the law. Right. Right. And I think, again, education. So these conversations that we're having here, bringing these perspectives uh, to the community and everyone is able to sort of give a different uh, viewpoint. And I think that's very important. So here you're today expressing this viewpoint that, to be honest, is not is not something I've heard in our previous uh, pop-up experiences. Well, I mean, your pop-up experiences, what's the feedback been? The feedback has been great. I think the initial step for us is to be able to gather in a yard, in a home, in a place that's comfortable and actually talk about cannabis in the open and and, and that feel sort of, you know, who's watching. Uh, I think that has been the greatest feedback. People have felt comfortable. They can share their stories. And again, that has been sort of, um, something that we've been really impressed by and proud of is the stories that we hear. And what do you, what's your demographic? Our demographic is probably our largest range range, probably 30 to late fifties. Mm-hmm. Which again, that thirties to late fifties is outside of, outside of the group that most people are trying to target their recreational adult use products at. When we do also know that it again, you know, the baby boomer generation is who started holistic approaches. Sure. People don't even recognize the fact that you go back 20 years ago, it was the baby boomer that literally came up with alternative medication, came up with being the people that actually spend more time going to get acupuncture, spend more time going to look for alternative methods of treatment. Yet we seem to be just ignoring that group. Yeah. And to our own peril. Yes. We're not ignoring that group. 
I would, I would not think that we're ignoring that group. What I would like to think is as a community grows, it typically grows by the people closer to you. So as I said, this is our fifth, sixth event. We hope to expand. We hope to grow. Our only requirement is you bring a good energy, right? Uh, you're respectful and you have some interest about this plan. And that's not a consumer. That could be an investor. That could just be kind of curious. That could be a relative in the industry. We're open. How do people find out about you and find out about your events? Word of mouth. Word mm -hmm. of mouth has been the biggest uh, sort of advancement in growing our community. And that's what we we want. It, it's one thing to do social media online, but that touch we find to be uh, the most effective. And that's why we have these community socials, lifestyle socials, where we're actually able to come together, sit down, look to one another and share. Give out a website so that people can, if they wanted to, to get more information, where do they go? Absolutely. The best way to find us is at Instagram at Leafstyle360. Uh, also, you can find us at www.leafstyle360.com. And let's talk, I mean, why don't you introduce a couple, of, what are the names of some of the speakers that you're going to have here today? Sure, sure. The first panel we're going to speak with, uh, Stedman Bailey. Uh, he's a former NFL player with the NFL, uh, St. Louis Rams, uh, has a tremendous story that's beyond NFL, a life story uh, that is going to be very interesting for him to share. We have Mike James, uh, former for, uh, player at the UAM, uh, the U, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back, and he's was the first NFL athlete to file for a therapeutic exemption for cannabinoid, cannabis use uh, for the NFL. They denied it, but he's going to share his journey uh, dealing with cannabis. And lastly, we're going to have Nick Moody, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Well, if they denied it, does he, does he live in a state where cannabis is a legal medically? Yes, sir. He lives in the state of Florida. So why would the NFL deny someone the use of a medication that their state <laughs> authorizes? And, you know, this is, a, this is an organization that is so quick and so uh, so fast to make sure that they inject players with all kinds of junk. Sure, sure. And they found that cannabis, they did not believe it had enough medical value, enough research uh, to indicate uh, a therapeutic use exemption. It's really kind of crazy that they would say not enough research where we've been researching this plant for 40 years plus years from the government standpoint, the U.S. government puts more money into researching cannabis than uh, has put more money, I believe, in, than any individual organization over the last 40 years. So it just seems weird that they would say that there's not enough medical research. It blows my mind all the time when people say, we just need to do more research when most people don't even understand that, you know, the U.S. government who has owned a patent on cannabis now for 30 plus years. No, I'm sorry, for 20 plus years. Um Clearly, in its own patent abstract, it says clearly exactly what it believes cannabis does do medically. Mm -hmm. But okay, so go ahead. I'm sorry. So he was denied his medical exemption. Yes, he was, and he's going to share that story. Um, the one of the things that I find most interesting about Mike James is I asked him when I first time I just I, I talked with him. I asked him. I said, "So, did you really think the exemption was going to get uh, passed? They were going to accept it?" And he said. That was not the goal. The goal was to start the fight, to start the advocacy. He knows mm -hmm. a lot of players that are uh, still in NFL and are still dealing with this issue. So not to speak for him, but I thought that was very powerful that he had the foresight to know that 
what he was doing may not benefit himself, but one day will benefit his his Obviously. friends and families in the league. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, when when's your next event? When are you going to be rolling out your next one? We hope to roll out our next event sometime in March, uh, hopefully around the Winter Music Conference here in Miami. Mm-hmm. And, and will you, uh, yeah, the, if you picked a really nice location, this is a clearly a, a home that's up for sale. So therefore you could rent the house and, and put on an event in it. Cause you have to have, you have to, do you have to do events like this in privately owned spaces? Yes, yeah, so most of our events are in privately owned spaces. We find that that's the best for the type of events that we create. Um, again, our focus is bringing the community together and a prime example is this home. Um, this home is actually donated, contributed to us for this event by one of our previous guests, Anthony Campano. He's invited us to actually use this home to put on this event, and that's a testament to what we do. That was a previous guest at one of our uh, events, enjoyed what we wanted to do, and said, hey, how can I help? Wow. Okay. So how many people do you expect today? Uh, we hope to get to 100, 150. Oh, that's excellent. Excellent. Yes. Well, you know, this has absolutely been a joy to get an opportunity to talk to you. You know, he's the founder of and co-founder of uh, Life Leafstyle, which is an organization that puts on events here in Florida to help educate the public about cannabis, cannabinoids, CBD. You also talk about THC here, but you're, there's no THC consumption. No THC consumption. Um, but it's something we absolutely discuss. We discuss all the cannabinoids. We have research scientists, doctors who can give insight um, beyond simply CBD, THC. Um, there's many other cannabinoids, absolutely. as you know. Over 160. Of course. Yeah, now again, one more time, give out your website so people know where to go to get more uh, information. Of course. Please come find us. More information at Instagram, LeafStyle360, and a dot com, LeafStyle360. 360.com. Thank well, you. Absolutely. No, man. We, we, we've been sitting here having a good conversation with Mr. Juma Gore, who is a attorney, an entrepreneur, and the co-founder of Leaf, Leaf Style. And, uh, you know, uh, making sure that if you're in the Florida area, especially you come down here in the March time frame, you might be able to want to check out the events or go up on his website and see if you can find out when and where it's going to be held. Um, you've been listening to, you know, another edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm going to continue to bring you information as best I can to make sure you help, help make, uh, help, help you make better decisions as you're navigating the space. Take care and join me on the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Are you dealing with best life burnout, constantly striving for more, and quite frankly, over it? Maybe you just want more joy, peace, and laughter in your life now. Well, then let's go. Welcome to your new favorite podcast, Hot Happy Mess, hosted by me, your girl, Zuri Hall. We are celebrating our magic in the middle of life's messes. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Listen to the Hot Happy Mess podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.